0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Crime Science. In this podcast, we explore the science of crime and the practical application of this science for loss prevention and asset protection practitioners, as well as other professionals. We would like to thank Bosch for making this episode possible. Take advantage of the advanced video capabilities offered by Bosch to help reduce your shrink risk. Integrate video recordings with point of sale data for visual verification of transactions and exception reporting. Use video analytics for immediate notification of important AP-related events and leverage analytics metadata for fast forensic searches for evidence and to improve merchandising and operations. Learn more about extending your video system beyond simple surveillance in Zones 1 through 4 of LPRC's Zones of Influence by visiting Bosch Online at BoschSecurity.com.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Crime Science, the podcast. This is the latest in our weekly series from the LPRC. And I'm joined today by Tony D'Onofrio and Tom Meehan, as well as our producer, Diego Rodriguez. And I want to welcome everybody. We'll take a quick trip, spin around the world, update um, where we are, where we're trying to head here. And um, so just a quick look at the, uh, the ongoing global COVID-19 pandemic from the SARS-CoV-2 virus, uh, continuing new viral uh, variants, which is to be expected, including in the United States, Uh, One that appears to be a a spinoff, a a sub-variant of the Omicron variant itself, Um, particularly hitting hard right now in the Northeast and some other areas, expected to then uh, hit pretty hard in the Southeast and other areas as well. Um, We see in Shanghai and others where there was a very naive population uh, from an immunity standpoint, according to the research I'm looking at, they've been hit very hard, uh, both unvaccinated uh, or uh, and, you know, naive to the virus from natural infection there. Uh, it, which contrasts with the United States, where it's now estimated that over 89 percent, almost 90 percent of U.S. adults have been vaccinated, at least with one dose, um, mostly with all uh, recommended doses, um, depending on the, the type. We have seen the J&J has been suspended and curtailed due to some of the clotting issues. Um, and recommendations for boosting for those that had one dose, Um, again, to contribute to severe disease issues. um, You know, you look at some of the daily infection rates, and uh, in 2021 today, exactly as we're recording this on Tuesday, um, we're looking at uh, 41,000 new infections um, over the X amount of hour period, compared to now we're looking at 74,000. Now again, tough, uh, less testing going on now, which does make it a little more concerning, but clearly is indicating there's uh, there are waves, including in New York City, where they're uh, much greater than 20% positivity um, and they're experiencing their fifth wave um, of viral infections. Um, and looking at trying to understand in some of the research I'm reading, uh, particularly one study, Why are some never infected? I know myself and most of my family, for some reason, haven't been, but um, known infection. uh, So there are people volunteering for trials and you're trying to get an idea of what's going on with that. Um, Looks like a combination again of uh, antibodies, of course, exposure. You know, there are the behavioral things we've talked about throughout this um, that prevent us from being victimized from crime or at least reducing the probability the same here with being victimized by a virus, and, um, and so some of the distancing and masking and so on. In other words, reducing the exposure to any or enough or viral infection load inoculum of the viral particles. So, But then you look at the, uh, the uh, interior, what is it about our antibodies, the B cells that uh, generate new antibodies, how the T cells work. Um, it does look like both immunity from natural infection as well as from vaccination or a combination of the two generate these T cells the cellular activity we've uh, talked about according to the research literature before Um, and so that that's what but uh, the T cells again are designed to kill infected cells so there is an infection but they reduce the severity of that infection by reducing the spread uh, in the number of uh, infected cells that our bodies have so that's where the severity comes in so again the immune system uh, is activated first the antibodies than B cells and T cells by, again, a, a natural exposure and infection as well as the vaccination uh, or both. And so th- w- what is it about it though, when they look at people that were, were not vaccinated that have not been infected? So again, it's just like what we talk about in crime prevention, it's a combination of exposure, access, and um, how, we, how well we combat it. And so uh, the lessons learned, a lot of parallels, which is a big reason we talk about this pandemic um, in the in what we can learn from the research literature in the biological sciences that are applicable to us in the socio behavioral um, the the Pfizer pill heavily prescribed now um, uh, they're still seeing some rebound where people are getting infected but they saw in the in evidently in the randomized controlled trials uh, that are, that are continually conducted that uh, they saw about one percent of those treated with pill and not treated with pill had rebound infections so, it's uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, moving over now to the LPRC uh, today, as a matter of fact, we have a meeting with the Gainesville Police Department of Command, some of the command staff going through better ways to work on mutual research and development along partnerships between law enforcement or public entities and, and private entities, um, and then between private entities, and that's what LPRC is all about. Um, how do we work collectively and collaboratively how do we work individually? Um, and so we're excited for today's meeting at our labs. Um, a lot of mapping discussions, uh, a lot of mapping informed um, planning. So excited about that. Last week and um, the week four and, and a little bit this week, we continue to have big visitors coming in um, from uh, ultra-wideband 5G provider companies looking at ways that we can get uh, lightning fast, highly secure, low latency, in other words, um, technologies in our interior labs that simulate store environment as well as the exterior labs uh, that we have those environments to see uh, since cellular and solar uh, provide a lot more flexibility and protective uh, technology devices uh, strategies and so on in addition to those that are wired um, which can provide additional uh, bandwidth for us so also NVIDIA some of the top people visiting, planning, brainstorming with us to look at opportunities there. Um, we're, we're excited about all, that, all that's going on with the LPRC SOC lab program. Uh, the VMS is serverly playing a huge role and bringing together a lot of key players. Uh, with Milestone so far, VMS installed, a lot of technologies being leveraged, including SureViews um, and, and several others that are on the way or are being installed now to provide world-class and un- unparalleled uh, capability as a command center. We had excellent calls yesterday with some more. Uh, we're excited about some of the new sensors and things that are happening. Uh, Flock Safety is another one with Axon, uh, Axis, um, and uh, several other body-worn camera providers that are giving us some cutting te- edge technologies that we're excited about. So we're looking at all types of visual, aural, and digital sensors we talked about in the past. How to link them together for earlier detection, better and earlier definition of an issue, um, and then better and more rapid and correct dissemination for better decision making. So, um, both at the place level for that place manager, he or she, um, as well as at the enterprise level. And uh, really moving quickly, Orion and team are working on that. James supporting with a lot of sophisticated mapping and growing now that more people are traveling. Um, Any and every one of you all that are current or considering being a current solution partner member of the LPRC, we'd invite you to schedule a time to onboard your technology or update or upgrade your technology if you're already deployed in our labs due to the heavy load anticipated here uh, based on the already how many retail LPAP uh, decision makers are in our labs coming through our labs uh, individually or in groups are now coming up with some of our summits. Including our SOC and sensor summit, we've talked about before the S3 uh, that is part of our uh, innovation working group. So stay tuned on that. Uh, We've done, we've got already the um, agendas put together for supply chain protection, violent crime summit, the product protection summit, which by the way is scheduled for June 15th. Diego tells me, um, with all solution partners that want to be considered for. That summit, um, their data, their uh, submission in by May 20th to Dr. Corey Lowe, corey at lpresearch.org. Um, but these, all these summits are underway, heavy planning, uh, impact, again, the October 3rd through uh, 5th in Gainesville. Plan to be here, get you, your team in here. If you're an SP, uh, plan on looking at sponsorship opportunities. It allows you more people as well um, than, than the normal two. Um, we'll be uh, speaking at NACS uh, next week on the 18th of uh, May up in Chicago. And this is the CEO summit for all the North American convenience stores. So you're going to see a whole bunch of CEOs in there and me really discussing a lot of our research, other research of others along um, what's happening on, with uh, street behavior that's uh, taking place, the aggressive behavior that's taking place on, around, in their properties and spaces and places uh, and opportunities with them. Uh, The next day, we'll be presenting results at the LP Foundations uh, meeting in Charlotte, in this case, uh, around organized retail crime research that uh, Corey Lowe has been conducting with James Martin, helping MAP um, and the rest of us going through. Uh, So look for that, two presentations. The other thing is we have a lot of people asking about LPRC, and there are We've been putting them out there, the links, but the Florida Trend Magazine, it's kind of the Florida um, power magazine, if you will, for politicos and corporations, uh, and has been for probably 60, 70 years now. Florida Trend Magazine, the April edition, has a nice feature, really describing the LPRC, the genesis, the progress, how we operate. And it's just a neat behind-the-scenes view. Um, the same thing with University of Florida's Explore Magazine, UF Explore, um, that is the magazine that uh, features cutting-edge research and developments coming out of the University of Florida. Uh, That too has wide circulation throughout the state here and somewhat nationally, Uh, but another really nice feature article profiling the uh, LPRC as well, Uh, but the University of Florida Safer Places Lab is featured, of course, in both Florida Trend and UF Explorer Magazine. So we invite you to stay tuned for that. I'm gonna go ahead now and turn it over to uh, to our colleague, Tony Onofrio, Tony, if you could weigh in on some of your wisdom and insights.
2: Thank you, Reed, for all those great updates. Let me start this week and apologies for my voice, but allergies have been really bad uh, recently. Some disturbing news from NBC News and CNBC on another shortage. This time it's uh, baby formula in the United States according to some new data just published. The share of baby formula out of stocks across the United States is 40% on April 24th. According to data assembly, that's up from 29% in March. Inflation, supply chain shortages, and product recalls have continued to bring volatility to the category, and it continues to be one of the most affected products in the market. The states seeing the worst shortages include Texas, Tennessee, Missouri, Iowa, North Dakota, and South Dakota, all with out-of-stock rates of about 50%. A total of 26 states have out-of-stock rates of 40 to 50%. Among the metro area, San Antonio has it the worst in terms of out-of-stock in baby formula, where it's climbed to 57%. Memphis and Nashville are second at 52%, and Houston and Des Moines are third at 50%. So not good news on baby formula. Let me uh, switch to another topic that's been on my mind. With all this concern on inflation, are we buying more used or secondhand products in the United States? For the answers, let's look at a new survey just published by Statista. The top five categories that consumers buy used and the percentage of who purchased secondhand in the last 12 months are, number one, clothing at just over 30 percent, number two, and this was surprising, shoes at nearly 20 percent, number three, makes sense, books, movies, music, and games at nearly 17 percent, bags and accessories are number four at 16 percent, and consumer electronics is number five at 13 and a half percent. As Sasista said, the high inflation is not pushing a majority of consumer to buy used, It's far from fashionable to basically buy secondhand, washing it, and then get some uh, compliments from your uh, fashionistas on uh, social media. Let me switch next to some very important news in terms of what's happening uh, in our ports. And this one is from Chain Storage. Uh, as they stated, this spring, the nation's major retail container ports set a new record and are expected to set, um, continue to set new records going forward. The increased volume comes as retailers in merchandise ahead of rising costs and further supply chain issues, according to the monthly Global Port Tracker Report released by the National Retail Federation and Hackett Associates. U.S. ports covered by the Global Port Tracker handle 2.34 20-foot equivalent units, or TUs, in March, the last month for which the final numbers are available. That was up nearly 11% from February and up 3.2% year-on-year. It also topped the previous record of 2.33 TUs set in May 2021 for the number of containers imported in a single month since the NRF began tracking imports in 2002. For the six, first six months of 2022, uh, U.S. ports are expected uh, to import a total of 13.5 million TUs up 5.1 percent year-on-year. Uh, to give you a, a comparison, imports for all of, 21, all of 2021 increased um, to uh, 25.8, which was an increase of 17% over 2020, uh, which again was a record of 22 TUs. So you can remember there's a lot of backloading with the holidays. So we're off to a really, really strong start with imports. And again, it's being driven by consumer spending, uh, is growing faster than income growth, and perhaps shoppers are trying to get ahead of buying um, the rising prices, buying ahead of the rising price. And importers are seeing the same as they continue to replenish their inventory, doing so will protect them against potentially rising freight costs, further delaying in supply chains, and as I said, potential complications in upcoming labor uh, negotiations that are coming up on the U.S. West Coast. So supply chain issues continue at our ports because there is a huge demand and it continues. Uh, finally, this week, I want to go to some good news, and this, again, is from chain store age and the importance of physical stores. More than half of U.S. consumers will rather shop in-store than any other method. That's according to new research from uh, the customer engaging specialist Emerson, which found that 54% of consumers prefer brick-and-mortar retail to any other channel with more than twice as many um were more than twice as many preferring to it to shopping via mobile at 21% and via laptops and computers at 18%. However, huge value remains in digital channels. Two in five consumers couldn't live without online shopping and younger audiences pushed the boundaries. 30% have made purchases on TikTok, so buying on social media, while one in 10 are using Alexa or smart or other smart speakers. Uh, time spent across all channels is fleeting, according to the study, with consumers shopping for an average of two hours per week. Retailers need to reach consumers where they want to shop, be that in the store or as well, uh, according uh, to the, the advice that uh, MRS is, uh, is providing. The study also noted that changes in consumer prevalence across different industries in food, for example, despite the rise rise in in online groceries, consumers are still four times more likely to buy in person than online. For travel purchases, by contrast, 23% of consumers prefer to shop online compared to 5% in store. And then in fashion, this was surprising, 21% 21% preferred to shop online versus an almost identical 20% preferred the in-store experience. And with all the missing um, sizes and, and so on, so buying all that stuff online, which causes many returns, That's stati- that last statistic was surprising. So summarizing this week, product shortages, continuous supply chains of stress, and baby formula is one of the latest examples. Inflation has not stopped consumers in preferring to buy new versus used, and yes, surprise that 20% of us buy used shoes. All the search at ports to get ahead of inflation and labor issues is keeping supply challenges uh, challenging going forward. Stores is where, the, uh, where is the place to be when it comes to retail future but digital influences here to stay, especially with younger consumers. And finally, the LPRC is the place when you can test new ideas and stay current on the latest in retail. And with that, let me turn it over to Tom.
3: Okay, well, hello, everybody. Thank you, Reed. Thank you, Tony. Uh, I just wanted to kind of give a, a quick recap, because last week uh, we were taping within hours of kind of the leaked story about uh, the Roe versus versus Wade um, piece. And we weren't even sure at that point if it was actually a true story. It it has in fact been confirmed that it was leaked. There's a lot more to it. Um, The opinion is based on something that was bought up from a Mississippi piece. So this was uh, just an opinion. But what I wanted to just talk about is the the potential for continued civil unrest. We've seen protests uh, throughout the United States and major cities uh, related to this. I would say with minimal disruption compared to the past. I, I I hate to say this, but we've in the last 18 to 24 months we've seen more civil unrest than we have in many years. So um, I think we're a little bit more equipped both emotionally and and from uh, a response standpoint. Uh, we'll continue to monitor it here at the LPRC and activate the fusion net uh, if we if we see it necessary. One thing that we do know um, from research and from other things related to civil unrest as the weather gets nicer. Um, potentially that does um, allow for more um, things to occur. And also we know as in the hotter climates we, that sometimes, some of the, that, some of potentially can turn violent um, due to temperature. So we'll, we'll watch that very closely uh, and we'll continue to keep the group up to speed on what we're hearing. Uh, with that, we're also seeing a rash of kind of um, attacks, if you will, on uh, Different types of institutions, some churches, uh, some pro life uh, events where there have been arson. Uh, so there is a lot of things that are occurring that we'll continue to really monitor and, and stay on top of. Wanted to, to talk a little bit about cybersecurity and risk and uh, with ransomware. Um, retail has, is officially no longer in the top two attacked. Um, uh, vectors for ransomware, uh, manufacturing has kind of taken over the financial slot, which pushes retail still in the top three. Uh, But today, uh, based on the attacks that we're seeing, they're really heavily focused on the manufacturing um, uh, and utility world and then banking and then retail still third. It's important to note that that's still a substantial number. Uh, The most recent report suggests that there's a ransomware attack Every eight seconds. So keep that in perspective of how much this occurs. That's up from every 11 seconds. So um, the attacks continue to become more sophisticated and continue to happen. And I think it's also important to note that when you have a significant uptick in attacks, you may actually, even though you're not the highest uh, target in retail, you may still be actually getting the same, if not more, attacks based on the fact that, yeah, moving down to three, the third most targeted um it is somewhat relative when you have much much more attacks occurring so uh there is uh, a whole bunch of news around where these attacks are coming from but the reality is that um it's just it doesn't look like it's going away the sophistication of the attacks isn't increasing these attacks are now um you know becoming a lot smarter so something to just certainly keep in uh, in mind when we're talking about that uh, here today the thing we're starting to see is uh, as we as retailers become more sophisticated and we talk about this on the show uh, using artificial intelligence uh, to identify fraud in the credit space we have some of the bad actors really taking a large amount of time to figure out ways to use artificial intelligence in their benefit to really come after uh, retailers for fraud so what years ago would be a basic script attack has really become a very advanced attack that looks for ways to overcome or get around some of the measures that were put into place so as we always say we're talking about things on this podcast to help prevent and doing research uh, and some of the nefarious actors are doing the same you know they may very well be listening to the podcast actually to get research and information that is part of um, the things that we're seeing, uh, and I think we know that. When um, what as we continue to come up with new ways to approach things, we'll see that as well. Um, I don't, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but we're continuing to see this trend of uh, smash and grabs, uh, flash mobs, and, and organized retail crime occurring. Uh, a lot of these are occurring in brazen uh, fashion in, in broad daylight. Um, one thing I will say is that as masks come off, um, there are some indications that we are getting a little bit back to normalcy in the sense of that there is things to look for. I, I know that when I was speaking to people, uh, specifically in the jewelry store um, and convenience store, you know, for, very, for a very, long time, the behavior was if someone was wearing a mask that you would be at least guarded, pay attention Um uh uh, take an action different even if it was just put yourself in a position to be safer and that behavior changed dramatically during covid because of course what we have we had tons of uh, folks walking around with masks so all of that kind of um decades worth of uh experience of what to do went out the window and today um i was actually speaking to someone that i know in the nypd and he said that in the diamond district when they're seeing smash and grabs that uh they're at least able to identify someone coming up to the gate uh, or the window with with a mask on and they're on guard he said so the however crazy it sounds they're reacting whether that be hitting a silent alarm a lot of the The folks that uh, there have drop gates that they can put down in real time. Uh, So it's a very interesting dynamic. And I know that the LPRC talks about that often in the Violent Crimes Working Group and how to work with uh, those type of scenarios because we are in this ever-changing environment, which does, of course, uh, affect things. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency because we're starting to see a trend where uh, cryptocurrency and and Bitcoin specifically, I'm just using it because it's the largest coin as an example, is following the stock market or the market woes. So up until recently, you know, it was kind of in a class of its own that while very volatile, um, didn't necessarily follow the trends with the open markets. And we're now starting to see that it is, in fact, uh, dipping and ebbing and flowing with uh, the market, uh, which Causes a bit of concern for some of the experts in the financial state because you have this very volatile, very um, challenging uh, to predict the form of currency that now is. Well, it's following the market patterns. It doesn't have the same back end or information to go with it. So a very, very interesting, interesting uh, uh, thing that I, I personally thought would occur. Um, I'm surprised it took as long, but as you know as larger investors invest in it, I think that we're starting to to see you know a little bit more of a shift into the professional investment world where those investors are you know hedging and, and weighing their risks, which in turn is causing it to go up and down I think as of yesterday it was below thirty four thousand still a big number compared to where it was but something to certainly watch and see what the future holds uh and, I, I often talk about Bitcoin and crypto because it's on the the playing field all the time of what retailers should or should not take it. What does it mean for them? And there are just a tremendous amount of unknowns still there. And then last but certainly not least, um, and we say it so regularly, it feels like uh, I say it all the time. It's uh, is to go out and patch your patch your phones. If you have um an Android phone, you want to patch it. There's a patch that just came through for a pretty significant. Um, Vulnerability, uh, it's a quick and easy thing to do. It doesn't cost you anything, Uh, and my kind of rule of thumb, and I was at a conference uh, last week, and uh, uh, it was for American, or, sorry, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, and someone said, yeah, every time I patch my phone, you know, I always like to wait because there's always inherently a bug, uh, and my advice is that bug will be a lot less of a burden for you than you potentially having a cyber incident on your personal device or on a an actual work device. So simple, easy thing to do is if you if you have an update, go ahead and update it. It, it will
1: pay dividends in the future. And with
3: that, I will turn it back over to Reed.
2: All right.
1: Thanks so much, Tom, for all that information. Thank you, Tony, as well. Uh, thank you, Diego, our producer. And of course, mostly thank you all for listening. Uh, we'd love you to contribute. It's at operations at LPResearch.org is the best way to get a hold of us. Always check out. We're, uh, Diego and team are always updating LPResearch.org, the website, new stuff all the time. If you're not getting the Connect newsletter, again, uh, queue us up. It's no problem. It's free. It's for everybody. And it's at operations at LPResearch.org. So everybody stay safe and, safe and connected. Take care.